Welcome to Tilth Talk Radio. Today we're going to talk about some glass bottle milk in our June Dairy Month challenge. We're going to talk GDUs as well in our spotlight. We're going to look at how farmer groups are working for soil and water. Egg History Minute, we'll talk a little bit about the history of June Dairy Month. Cool beans, that's corny, we'll have some current events. And that'll wrap it up when we get that far. So with me today are Bill Schaumburg. Hey guys. Max Garvey. What's up everybody? Todd Schaumburg. Hey to all the Tilthies out there. And I'm Matt Brueger, all with Tilth Agronomy. So here we are, day 77 of our heat wave. <laughs> it feels like it. It feels guys. like it. It's only been... About a week, but still, it's been hot. It feels like since we were looking at frost damage earlier this week, which is weird, and how cold it had gotten two weeks ago, that we were on like some sort of vacation where it was colder, and then you went somewhere super hot, and you're like, man, I'm not... We just weren't used to it. We had no... Max is our weather guy that knows when we go from... Spring to first winter to summer to second winter. So to what is this? Like just really, really dead of summer? It, is, it isn't so much the heat. It's the gosh darn humidity. <laughs> no, I don't know what this is, man. It's too hot. That's what it, that's there, what it is. That's there, the official uh, meteorological yeah, term. Hot. Too dang hot. Too dang hot. I know I talked to a guy yesterday. I said, if you would have told me we were going to go from like freezing to the next week. 90. 90 degrees sustained for a week. I would have laughed at you. A couple months ago, but now it's like, yep, no, that's our reality. We had we almost broke records for days in a row hitting yeah. ninety. Yeah, we we had eighty nine one day and yeah, broke we, the record. Or that's if that's we would have hit ninety, we'd broke yeah. the record. And I thought that was like for June, and then it was like, no, this is July and August as well. That Ooh. we've like never done that, which is unreal to think because you think of like Bill, remember like Fair and Matt. Yep. There was one summer, especially, where people got, like, heat stroke, and it was hot like, yep, back, all week. Back in the and, 90s, it was, like, yeah, yeah. almost 100, yeah. I had, a, I had a year fair like that, too. I think 15. Yeah, like, and, and we're talking out of Gamey County Fair, which is usually late July. At that point, July. it was early July. Yeah, okay. They hadn't yeah, it was moved it yet. A little bit earlier, yeah. It's, like, right after the 4th that week. But it was still, it was hot. Either way, you expect to be warm, but it's, that's a little on the little. And right right now, we love having heat units, but it's a little too warm. I think. Well, and what's what's tough is like, are we staring down the barrel of like the rest of June, all of July of this kind of weather? Yeah, like you think about, you get to December and it's really cold. Like, oh my God, this winter's just going to be terrible because you got all these months left. Well, and <clears throat> the other side of this is, it wouldn't it be so bad to have the sustained ninety degrees? If we were getting the occasional rain shower, mm-hmm. we got nothing. And you mean occasional, like once a week, if we could get water, would be great. Yep. I mean, I saw my first pineapple and like bad pineapple and corn this week. Yep. I think we've all seen some lightning off in the distance yep. and then it stays there. Last night we got teased again. Yep. Like it, I think it hit New London. It was kind of certain as areas close as it got. are getting it, but yeah. yeah, not enough. They're very small cells and they pop up and they do. Some major rain in ten minutes, then they're gone. Gone, boom. It, this is corn weather, though. If corn had to set the thermostat, yeah, this is what it would. Pre- maybe maybe a little more. Obviously, high. it tops out at eighty six, but it is interesting to think that yeah, for cows and soybeans and other things, it's and us, it's not great. But corn, corn's not doing so bad. Well, 
hopefully the cows like the taste of corn because if we don't get rain, the hay fields are hmm. not going to really do much after your first crop. I am surprised with the lack of moisture after first co- crop cutting that the regrowth we do have. We obviously have some deep soil moisture that those alfalfa plants are able to to find, but I, I expected way less regrowth. I think in places there's definitely. I mean, I got a couple of places where there it's yeah, I guess pretty dry hay fields, struggling pretty bad. And I got some other stuff that's okay, not great, not as good as we'd like, but it's okay. We'll take it. Yeah, we'll take it. That's right. That's what we talked about a lot about taking this crop is. Uh, Better take what you got because the next one might be even worse. As we're right? looking down the road, it's not looking great. But hey, why why not just pile on? Because Rogers is holding out for OTAs. So <laughs> first well, time in his sixteen year career. Yeah, you know? I saw him with a picture and his fiance like with Mickey Mouse ears on. So he must be going to Disneyland. Yep. Having I see do. they picked up a new quarterback too. Oh, yeah, they signed another quarterback. He's been at practice for like a week now. But yeah, he, they signed him yesterday. Yeah. I can't think of his name. Yeah, I can't remember the name either. Let's see if I can look it up. But he did like Marquez Valdez Scantling's picture on Instagram yesterday with the caption <laughs> "All in." So Aaron did. Yep. Nice. So I mean, basically, Aaron Rodgers is, is that how we announce stuff now? Yep. Just just like liking, liking Instagram. You guys new to Sports Talk Radio because that's what it is, or the, sports media in general. They just look at Twitter it's, and Instagram. Yeah. The truth is, that. is Aaron really hasn't said zero much, no. right? So I guess that's all we got to go off of is him liking a MVS photo. James Jones was on a sports thing, I think, and he said he'd be back. He said he'd be back, so we're good. Because <laughs> James Jones would know. James Jones, Jake Dolgala is the quarterback they signed oh after his tryout during minicamp. Is that called a camp arm? I don't know. We've got three of them. Yeah. I mean, we got, in theory, if Rogers is still there, Aaron Rodgers, Jordan Love, Blake Bortles, Kurt Benkert, and Dolgala. Well, they're not keeping five. No. Two in a practice squad yep. when it comes down to it. So Maybe three. They've done that before. Yeah, they, I guess. They keep three. But If Rodgers is there... They'll keep love, and Bortles is not going to be on the practice squad. So Rogers and Bortles and love. Yep. All right. I'm all here for it. The boat. Bring him back. Run it back. Ready for some milk? I think we need some milk because yes. we're all pretty high we're, energy right now. <laughs> we're, we're, just, yeah. we're just ready can, to go. You can tell the heat in the long days is taking a toll. Yep. All right, so we got a milk milk challenge this week. Last week we did cheese curd tasting. This week we got the milk challenge. I'm sure you've heard plenty of times that glass bottle milk is better than plastic. So we're going to take it blind taste test, except for me. I'm not that blind because I Whoa. filled the cups. But blind Don't taste test, milk, which one's better? We got two white, two chocolate, and uh, yeah. Is I it glass it. bottle chocolate as well? There is a glass bottle white and a glass bottle chocolate and a plastic white and a plastic How many chocolate. places can you buy glass bottle milk um a lot more than i thought really yeah um don's and seymour sells it freedom food sells it um woodman sells it festival sells it 
pick and save sell or uh, Piggly Wiggly sells it. Lamers sells it. La- yeah, you can go straight to the Lamers store. Well, it, I think is, most of these places are selling Lamers. They, they, all, they all are selling Lamers. That's the only glass bottle milk really there is around. Correct. There's yes. I guess that was more actually. my question was how many Oh, how many How many I only know dairies are making glass bottle milk. I only know Lamers, so that's 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 the milk that goes in my fridge. Wow. There is a milk delivery service in Appleton area that they'll bring glass bottle milk and other like groceries. Like the milkman used to? Yeah. And I I, I don't think I'd take delivery this week, even even if you well, got it out there I, within five minutes. No, I, I asked the guy, gone. how does this work? The um, guy who owns the company I know, and it's a it's kind of a cool idea. And he said, well, you know, most people have garage fridges. I said, yeah, I mean, that's your beer fridge. He <laughs> said, well, you just, you know, you either have the code to their garage or an access key, and then they just put it in your garage fridge for you, and you got glass bottle milk and other stuff all, all set. <laughs> and your beer. Yeah. Get your calcium and then a milk and a beer. Yeah, standard order. Just drink a milk stout and you can get it. All right, so we have. So the theory is it's going to taste better in the glass, right? That's a theory. Yeah, and it's the same. It's Lamer's plastic jug milk, or is it a different? No, it's not. It is uh, Nature's Touch. Are we doing two percent here, or what? What kind of milk we get? I believe so. Yes. So it tastes like two percent. Are you a 2% household? Uh, nope, we still haven't switched away from whole milk from when my kids were little. So. For real? Oh, yeah. Still, oh. still drinking the whole Chewing milk. Chewing your milk. Are you, are That's you, impressive, What about man. you, Todd? No, I'm 2% all the way. Bill? Skim. Ooh. Bill! Just drink yeah. water. Just drink water. It's fine. It's not that bad. You know what? You could save yourself some money, buy whole milk, and then just like pour it a quarter of it into a jar and fill the rest with water, and then you've got <laughs> it, skim. Is that like making 28 it is actually. Let's get some thirty-two, and we add water, and we can make it the winner. It is. It is actually that bad when you try. Like, so I grew up a quarter mile from my grandparents' house, and my grandparents drank two percent or one percent, and my mom wanted me to drink skim milk. There's a difference. Well, there's, there's a, a difference, difference, but my point is, we you go off to college, and that's what you have, and then, yeah, then you just get Bill, used but, to it. Bill, when you left for college, that's when we quit drinking bulk tank milk. Yeah. And switch right to skim, and it's the weirdest switch, but it almost worked because when you go from like whole to two percent, it's like you're you're so in the middle where skim is just a different product altogether. Not like watered down whole milk; it's just like water. It goes down easier. I I don't mind any percent; they're all good. I'm just going after the calcium. I'm you know, <laughs> it gets my fat elsewhere. All right, fair enough. Maybe maybe I should have. <laughs> adopt that philosophy so what do you guys think what's your favorite right, we got one and two i'm going number two is the glass bottle milk and one is plastic mainly because of the temperature it feels a little bit colder i think the glass bottle can keep it that way and then a little bit the aftertaste a little less on numero deuce i'm agreeing with todd I, to me it just tastes better max Matt? is like you guys are wrong no, I told Max before we did this. I did this challenge once before and failed. I I could not tell the difference. Basically, we need some crackers here to to cleanse palate. Yeah, just use the milk. I'm gonna go opposite. I'm gonna go one. Going apple. And uh, Matt is gonna be the one who's correct. So uh. Two two is the plastic. One is the glass bottle. I will say this. In fairness, 
I the glass bottles rolled from my house to the gas station in an empty cooler with no ice. So they could temperature could have came up a little bit in that trip, that tenth of a mile. I would also say nature's touch milk, quick trip milk is the best milk. I yeah, I can't beat it even with Dean. Well, Dean's doesn't exist anymore. I didn't really care for Dean. Um, but other Caps. milks aren't as good, and La- Lamers is good too. Can but you, can you show us on the bottle where nature touched you? Yeah, <laughs> I don't think we want to see that. All right, and I'll try your, try your chocolate milks here, guys. <clears throat> the chocolate milks I think have a really different taste. They do. One's more of a dark, Whoa. darker chocolate, and one's like a really one's sweet. like creamy, and one's yeah. I'm gonna go with four is glass bottle, three is not. Me too. Same. I, I was gonna. I'll go opposite, but four I, four is glass bottle, three is plastic. No, I'm sorry, the other way around. Four is plastic, three is glass oh. bottle. Yep, Todd, you got it right. Just nice guess Todd. opposite, apparently. Which one did you like better? Four was better. <laughs> Which one? It just that? goes to that show your nature's plastic. plastic yeah, yeah. The all the plastics were the evens. I, I think the truth of milk is the fresher it is, the better mm-hmm. it is. And so you think at Quick Trip, like people are. It, I'm guessing they turn that milk a lot quicker than a grocery store can, just because of the amount of selection and the amount of people through a Quick Trip versus a a grocery store. When I wasn't buying gallons at Quick Trip either, I was buying you know quarts. No, you bought the smaller one, so yeah. that would be less fresh. Okay. No, what? more fresh. You think? Yeah, because people are just going in there and grabbing one to go. You guys check the expiration date? You hunting for the... No. No, I'm... Never. Just I pull. From back in my dairy judging day, the what is it, dairy products judging in FFA, they said because the light that hits it always affects milk right in the front yeah right so ah. gotta go for any back jug i don't like dig and put back that's just but dig. if any are like way in the back no I, puts back these no not doing that but I'll, once you I'll touch grab, it you gotta go i'll grab the the back most back milk you can i will say it depends where i'm buying the milk i will usually check it expiration date especially if i'm gonna buy two gallons right away make sure if there is one that's a little bit further, you know, a couple of days different, I'll take that. Gallon of milk in our house doesn't last but a day, so <laughs> it don't matter. Yeah, we're like three times a week we're getting two. I gallons. remember those days. Yeah, during the school year we're that way. My kids spend a lot of time cereal away from home in the summer, so we don't go through it quite as fast. Mm. What about plastic bag milk? we doing that or is that just weird? It seems risky. Like risky. as far as like dumping or just <laughs> just handling of yeah, it. Yeah, the handling. It's that's, like bag cereal without the box, like the malt all meal. Yeah, that's bad. Or it's just you can't fit it and it's just weird. Like I dropped a gallon of milk once, uh, like early morning, kind of half asleep. Dropped it, the bottle there, the plastic cracked. And, like, it's just gushing out. But I was able to save most of it. I would think in a plastic bag in that situation, like, you drop it, it's just gone. You're done. Like, there's no saving it. Yeah, not a lot of options. Once the once the bag is ripped, it's pretty much you're, game you're, over. They do make pitchers for them that... So can so you pour the bag? Whole, or pour the bag pour the into bag a in pitcher. pitcher? I said, yeah, you can pour it into a pitcher, I suppose. I thought you were but. supposed to leave it in a bag in the pitcher. Right. They, Quick Trip has, like, a pitcher for the 
bags. Yep, and they got to clip like the corner or whatever and pour it. Although, like I was telling you guys before, like when you go to a hotel and you got that milk dispenser thing, and that's probably in a bag, and they got the little ball you pull up, and then the milk comes out, put it in your cup. To me, that's like for some reason, it's the coldest milk ever. I don't know if you guys experienced that ever. Cold milk is the I don't best. Do, I like, don't do a lot of milk at the hotel. No? Big uh, mix, mix the apple and orange juice together out of the dispenser. Ooh. Yep. Wow. Orange. Pro move. Or, or, or an apple. Or an apple. <laughs> That's a pro move. So, so do you go to the do you go to the restaurant and then get a wapatuli too? Or? No. Wapatulis are the best. <laughs> Although now they've got almost too many soda options that... Like fifteen year ago, Wapatuli was way Four. better because there was yeah there was now there's now now you're putting like some sort of tea. What you guys usually call Wapatuli vitamin and what I water. Call Wapatuli are not the same thing. <laughs> this is a soda Wapatuli. Yes. Okay, that's so not what I when you said Wapatuli, I was like, what restaurants are you going to? <laughs> Whoa! Do you remember? I think it was Taco Bell. I could be wrong about the restaurant. They had like mixes, like a uh, actual recipes, like oh, you're yeah. supposed to put really yep. so much of this and so much of yep. that, and that was. I think it was Taco Bell. Yeah, they that really diff- fits their brand. Yeah, they don't really have that anymore. No, oh, I haven't seen it for a long time, but no. I remember that. That was sweet. So it was like, oh yeah, you sp- like do Sprite and this and whatever. Like you just do Blue Gatorade and Mountain Dew, and you get Baja Blast. There you go. Wow, can you still buy a Baja Blast? Yes, like, for a little while they had that. Yeah. It- they actually just came out with two new flavors. Sweet. I think they have Diet Baja Blast. They do now, have Diet Baja Blast as well. It's not as interesting. good. I, well, I would assume you guys, it's you guys ever do half chocolate, half white milk? All the time. It's the best. I don't, but I have a family member that does. It's just a, Todd? Yeah. Well, <laughs> yes. my wife. Oh. She Chocolate's too chocolatey, so we gotta dilute Go, half and half of that. Yeah, it's like the Arnold Palmer of milks. It's really good at golf. Yes, <laughs> it's got lemonade in it. Yes, no, <laughs> lemonade. Ooh, yeah, yeah, I would not add tea lemonade and milk to that. Or lemonade milk, not well. Tea and milk actually go together. Is that? Oh yeah, that's a thing. <clears throat> and crumpets. In, yeah, in in Europe, in Britain, when they have tea I time, did. like milk in your tea is the thing. You never heard? Oh, of tea like and you crumpets? put milk in coffee like that. Yeah, yeah kind but it's tea. Kind of same how, how much milk? I mean, when you're putting milk in coffee, well, it, when I put milk in coffee, the same, it's like half half. But the same, yeah, as putting it in your coffee, but they drink tea. So, okay, yeah. So it's yeah, the little little thing of creamer or whatever that you pour in. So it is a thing. More so than the lemonade milk. I don't, yeah, see that ending well. No, that would be bad. I will say, Lamer's Dairy does produce lemonade in the summer. And that's in the glass bottle, and that is a fantastic glass of lemonade. Like a fantastic glass of lemonade. So there you go. Half of us are good at guessing white milk, half the other. Other half, chocolate milk. I'm not good at either, apparently. It's all right. It's all all good. You guys ready to talk some GDUs? Yep. Yeah. It's been so hot. Correct. You guys are supposed to say, how hot is how it? How hot is it? You guys how hot don't, is it, man? It's so hot that I don't want to go outside anymore. No. All right. It's been very warm, so we're we're building GDUs like we talked about earlier. We're actually, have, we have excess heat more than even the corn can can take. Um, 
And we were having this discussion on a farm the other day about how, you know, usually you want a rest period at night for the corn to really grow the best, though. This time of year, it's probably not as big of a deal as, especially during pollination, we want that. We don't it want needs it. to respire. Right. So it's, like you say, think of a smaller plant, it's probably smaller respiration rate, so it's not quite as critical, but still... Still needs that cool down of 70 or less. Yep. So hopefully in the next week, looking at the 10-day, we're, we're potentially getting there. But we'll make the rundown now of where we are with growing degree units. So starting May 1st, in Crivets, we have 530 growing degree units to date. Normal is 389, so that's 141 units ahead of normal. The 14-day is predicted to get up to 846. So within the next two weeks, we're going to get another 316 in crivets. So just for comparison, last year <clears throat> we were at 381, which right would have on. been just, yeah, just a little bit below normal. 2019, we're at 280, so way below which we all remember what 2019 was like. That makes perfect sense. Yep. Very, we probably very, didn't have corn in the ground at this point in 2019. We probably didn't, and it probably wasn't, the sun wasn't shining either. It was probably raining. Yep. Yep. All right, Seymour, where we are located. To date, we are at 544. We have a normal of 434, so we are 110 above normal. Our 14-day, we're expected to get 888. And last year, this time we were actually above normal at 460. And 2019, we were at 371. So <clears throat> that carries. Two years ago, we were below. And finally, Sun Prairie, to date, we're at 598. Normal's 451, so they are 147. They have the most above normal of the three locations. Their 14 days expected to get to 952, so they could be cracking 1,000 GDUs before the end of June. That's crazy to think about. That's a lot. Yeah. It's over like halfway there in general. I mean, right. down there they're planting stuff that needs 2,500 GDUs, but, but you're still, really, that's a lot. We're not to the hot and heavy part of summer yet. Like, think about that. Right. right. No. Yeah, if we're July's like this, yeah. man, we could be... Silage gonna be ready in August in some places. Who knows? I was last year, and we're not. We're way ahead of last year. So because I, mean, I chopped, I chopped in August last year. I think yeah. you guys all had some that chopped in August. Yeah, there are a couple of farms I know. Be that good did. for cover crops, getting them in. Yeah, oh, no, because then we'll have we'll have the same thing we had this year where the cover crops <laughs> were too big. Well, none of them died over winter. That That's was true. half the problem. All right. <clears throat> so just for comparison, last year they were at five twenty six. So they were above normal last year. 2019 at 441. So Oof. even two years ago, when most of us were well below, they were not as well within below. 10 of normal. So, so ten, not bad. You can make up. Well, we're going to go through the math here. You can make up 10 pretty quick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When you're 100 and something above, holy buckets, mm-hmm. you're flying. And just for a reminder, we water, always like to remind this: water hemp can emerge yeah. at 350. So we are we're there. Have you seen it, Max? I have seen it. Have it's you guys there. I've seen it. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Me too. I've seen, um, for the most part, I think it's subdued for the most part. 
I did have someone text me a picture of a field yesterday that was not subdued. At no, they're all. they're and it was taller than the corn. It was yeah, bad. I, the pre-emerges are working. Okay. Yeah. They're starting to run oh, out. Okay, but, but they're they're but like are Max they, says, where you don't have that, it's like are they it ru- is are they running out or are they just not fully activated? Probably a little both. I think they're running out because we but, have, but we haven't had that. But we had rain long. to activate them before <laughs> this. But but we did because we had like even because I've got fields that were all sprayed I, relatively close to each other. Some are like. Everything's coming through. Like I got yeah grasses and broadleaves, and then the field across the ditch that was sprayed within a day or two is, is, is different. Yep. Yeah, you're right. So we did. I did. I sat down on the farm yesterday, and we did everything from planting pop, planting dates, populations, spray dates, and then monitoring the the rainfall with that. And there is a very clear line to the stuff that was had sufficient rainfall and not and mm-hmm. when we're going through now like looking at okay what we need to spray it's pretty clear what worked and what didn't and yeah we're a little short on moisture i will say my us- usual suspect fields are popping through now usual suspects you know those fields that you know are just culprits right i got some some stuff that was prevent plant for 2 years and now we're cropping it again those fields that that would fall in under my usual suspects mm-hmm. category. Those are breaking now. Those yeah. ones that we knew, like, hey, this is a marsh for three years when it was really wet, and now we're back to back to farming it. That we knew was going to be bad. That yesterday was the first day where I was like, okay, yep, we're we're bad. One thing to think about too is this window of chemical application is closing quickly. So on a normal July day, we're getting about twenty one gdus kind of and that's average so obviously there too you're gonna have some highs and some lows and on a normal june day we're getting like 15 so we're like double normal right now when we're maxing out <clears throat> these gdus so so something to think about is just roundups up to v8 corn um depending on the area you're in you're definitely gonna see you know that v4 v5 v6 corn already so something to watch that you might have to be applying some of your second pass earlier than what you're normally used to. Well, and, and the other thing to consider, too, is with these areas of frost, you're going to have some plants that were at, like, V2 and got burned down all the way to the ground. And so they're going to present like they're V3 right now, though they're actually V5 as you lost that growth. And you're going to have those gaps in some places. I've seen fields where... And you might have six plants in a row that that happened to, then the next six are fine. So your height differences are going to be all over the place. It's going to look like crappy emergence, but really it was from that frost damage. So you're going to have holes potentially to to watch, even and though the, all those corn plants are really at the same stage. And we're not going to canopy either that fast. Right. Because we, we lost those areas, so they're going to struggle to get back to ground zero and canopy and on the same token yesterday we were talking about changing the spray plan because we're at canopy like yeah tomorrow like it's here so (laughs) what do we want to change or what do we want to do or how do we want to tackle the spray list you know going in order and that kind of stuff so we're that we're there what's interesting is usually we hit height about the same time as stage you know some of these are 30 inch in this and it seems like this year it's definitely hitting stage you got to watch the stage before the height part 
Um, some herbicides think about switching to is like a status. You can go up to V10, corn, some bigger stuff. 36 um, inches. There's, you know, there's some herbicides that too you can use drop nozzles and drop it kind of below that leaf and get it underneath to kind of get some of those. But that window, like you said, we're used to having sort of three weeks to scout this stuff. Um, and when I say three weeks, I mean kind of early June to the July 1st in our area is common to have like a window before we hit V8 corn. In your area, it might be a little different, but you still have about that three weeks. And when we're getting twice the amount of GDUs as normal, that three weeks just turned into 10 days basically to do a lot of these things. So spraying something to really watch. The other thing would be side dressing corn. Um, now we have wide drop corn with sprayers, so we can go into taller corn. But if you're still using a tractor rig with, you know, you're going to have to start earlier than what you're used to, what the calendar date you shows. You better get going now because yeah. you might not get done if you have any significant amount of acres. I think that happened. We all re- kind of realized that about midweek this week. Like, ooh. Yeah, I've been seeing a lot of better go. going on this week. And remember, though, we sat here last week going, the corn is yellow, it's not doing nothing. Then we get, like, the heat comes, and it by Monday, it's like, wow, that went from stoplight yellow to stoplight green. Yeah, in three zero days. to 60 in 3.2. Yep. One of, one of the last things I'd say to think about is we look at calendar days, and the corn looking at the at GDUs and what it thinks today is would be July 2nd on sort of like a quote-unquote normal year. So, so it's three weeks ahead of normal. Correct. Depending on planting date and right. where you know where it saw that, but what we think is sort of normal, you know, looking at the calendar, it, it does not use that. It, it's got a different calendar than what we're on. So we always talk about, you know, not always just going off the calendar for other things, and this is one as well that you, you really want to know where your corn is staged at right now and go off of that to decide and, and think of that as normally what you would do late June or early July is what you should be doing now because of what that GDUs is showing. And just so we're all on the same page, you know, we're talking about GDUs. So how do we calculate that? Like maybe there's some listeners out there going, well, what does this mean? How do we calculate it? And basically you take your maximum temperature for the day, you add the minimum temperature for the day, you divide those guys by two to get a mean, and then you subtract it to 50. Now, there is a max. So if we get 90 degrees, we're not going to take 90. We're going to take 86 because that's the maximum allowed. And then if it gets below 50, we just still take 50. So that's kind of how we're calculating these these GDUs. Do you call them GDUs, Matt, or GDDs, growing degree days? or I usually say GDU, but I'm... I know there are people out there that that use GDD. I feel like when I say, like, if I'm going to say it out loud, like growing degree days, I say it that way versus if I'm going to acronym it, I don't say GDD. I say GDU. GDD. Yeah. (laughs) What I always think is interesting, we always think of the high temperature as how much that matters. But really your low temperature matters a lot too because if your low is like bill said below 50 then like we had a like may 28th we had zero gdus that day because it was it just didn't even get above 50 that's not even that long ago and we were that cold but if you get a high minimum temps too that stay high you're going to accumulate a lot more gdus than you're we're we're just always used to looking at the 
the high temp, but really take into account that low temp. That like if it's sixty-eight or seventy overnight, it, that really pushes you yeah, a lot yeah. further to Which get we from, had those nights. Even if it only gets right. to eighty during the day, right. you're not you don't you're not yeah. maxing out, but you you kind of are because it Correct. never got that cold. Max is right. Is like if if it gets down to like high fifties or low sixties at night, we seem to really trail off on GDUs. But if you can hold that like. In the high 60s, 70s, that's where we seem to gain a lot more in our area as well. So we always just seem to talk about, oh, we're at 86, we're maxing out. Well, it really matters, too, of that low temp. All right. So there you go. There's your GDU update. We and we are, we are using all base 50, right, Bill? Because different yeah. crops use yep. different. Yeah, there are different bases. Yeah. Bases. So just yep, that's I found a, the most common, but. Chart from Illinois that uh, sweet corn, corn, sorghum, rice, soybeans, and tomatoes are base 50. So if your tomato plant survived the frost, (laughs) you can use base 50. You can use base 50 GDUs. All right. So let's move into our spotlight then for today. All right, so our spotlight is farmer groups working for soil and water. So Wisconsin has several producer-led watershed groups that are uh, funded through the Wisconsin Producer-Led Watershed Protection Grant Program, which was introduced in 2015-2017 Wisconsin state budget, designed to provide funding for farmers willing to lead conservation efforts in watersheds. So the first round of grants totaled 242550 uh, was awarded to 14 groups. The program continued to grow in the 2019 through 2021 budget. The funding was 750000 over 30 groups that were awarded funding through November of 2020. So there are s- several around the state, a few in this area, Farmers for Tomorrow, are kind of over in Portage County. I know the Dodge County group is one of the more popular ones. They go around and, and speak at different events. Um, but it's good to see that there are lots of farms out there willing to, to lead the charge between uh, Discovery Farms and Demo Farms and producer-led watershed groups. There's lots of lots of farmers out there working to see what the best conservation efforts like some of their names they got for these groups are awesome there's farmers on the rock that's rock county's group nice farmers for lake country that's like oconomowoc river yahara pride i think is one yeah that was one of the first yeah yahara pride probably right around peninsula yeah and then you got peninsula pride you got yeah so they're just some really cool names some really cool neat things they're all doing so that's good it's neat when the farmers take charge. Mm-hmm. Don't wait for somebody else. Do it yourself. Do it right. All right. Now we'll move into our egg history minute. I love the banjo. So June Dairy Month started out as a way to distribute extra milk during the warm months of the summer. Commemoration was established in 1937 by a grocer organization sponsoring National Milk Month. By 1939, June became the official Dairy Month and is still celebrated today. 
whether it's in coffee, cereal, or smoothies, adding one or more serving of milk to your family's day can help ensure they get the nutrients they need to build strong bones and teeth. Dairy farm families pride themselves on producing wholesome dairy foods that help families grow up healthy and strong. So a few interesting facts about dairy foods. America's favorite ice cream flavor is vanilla. Chocolate is actually second. How boring. Which is kind of surprising. The scientific term for a brain freeze is, and this is going to be... You're going to butcher this, Matt. Sorry. Sphenopalatine ganglioneralgia. Hey, not bad. But you can call it, keep calling it brain freeze or a frozen headache when you eat your ice cream. Farmers measure milk in pounds, not gallons, which I think everybody here sitting with us knows that it's the pounds. But So 8.6 pounds per gallon is the standard. It takes about 10 pounds of milk to make one pound of cheese and just over 21 pounds to make a pound of butter. Wisconsin is the only state where Limburger cheese is produced. Dairy cows eat about 100 pounds of food per day and drink 25 to 50 gallons of water. And home delivery of milk started in 1942 as a war conservation measure. And like Todd said, there's still it's still going on in Appleton, at least today, maybe even some other spots. So... There you go. Could you imagine after they invented ice cream and the first guy to get a brain freeze and think like, like this is die. delicious. And then like, oh my God, I'm dying. <laughs> like, I froze oh, my brain. Yes. This, this phenolalis, palatine, <laughs> neuralgia, ganglion. What's your go-to to get rid of the brain freeze or just wait it out? Wait it out. You just got to wait it out, yeah. Somebody like you said, you're supposed to take the tongue and rub top of your... The roof of your mouth. mouth. Okay. Oh, to build friction or what? Uh, heat, like, heat it up. Yeah. Heat it back up, yeah. Put your put your thumb in there. Thumb in there? You never did that? No. 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 Put your thumb in the roof of your mouth and push up. That works? Yeah, They I, that used to be like a Disney Channel like at, uh, commercial about mm. how to get rid of, <laughs> get rid of brain, uh, freeze. brain freeze. Yeah. Usually, usually I can tell like you can kind of start to feel it coming, so if you stop... Right, 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 right at that. Like, there's a, there's a. It's hard a to line. stop, though, man. I know so there's good. a line. If you could stop there, right, it doesn't get so bad. But right now is a great time to eat ice cream outside because you just you feel that brain freeze coming. Just open your mouth, right, and the warm air will <laughs> pour in. Yep, just heats it right up. Yep, that's how it works. No, that's exactly problem. how it works. I'm basically a doctor. <laughs> All right, Todd. All right, if you like what you're listening to, please tell a farmer friend about our podcast. They might ask you, "What is a podcast?" and just tell them. It's radio on your phone, so tell them to download the app, and there's either Podcast Addict or Podbean on Android phones, and on Apple phones, please go to the Apple Podcasts app, and there you can search Tilth Talk Radio and find our, our, please subscribe, so find us and tell a farmer friend to subscribe, and Matt, where can they follow us? You can follow us on Facebook and Twitter, at Tilth Talk Radio. So podcast isn't when you like eat all the peas and then you throw away the pod. That's not a podcast. You could. It's a podcast. Like, aside. I think you. I think you put it on the end of a fishing hook. Oh, and okay. then when you and then cast throw it out, out and what, cast it. What fish me. eats the pea? I, I don't know, Max. Do you know any fishes that? Way? I I always thought a podcast was when a bunch of pea pods get lost at sea and end up on an they're, island. They're podcastaways. Yeah. yeah, podcastaways. We're just a podcast away. Do they do they put like bloody handprints on volleyballs and call them Wilson? Yep. Wilson. Wilson. 
All right. So let's wrap things up here with our cool beans. That's corny for this week. So cool beans? Cool beans. Cool beans. Cool beans. Cool beans. Our cool beans this week. JBS says it's back in full operation after the ransomware attack. So they had to pay out, I believe it was around 11 or $12 million. The first they attack our oil and all they attacked our meats. Next will be the cheeses. <laughs> Protect Don't go the cheeses. Yeah. Watch out for the shark. Dairy the charcuterie board is in danger. <laughs> our meats and cheeses. Uh, so meat processor JBS said all of its plants were fully operational as of Thursday, uh, four days after a ransomware attack shut down cattle slaughter plants in the U.S., Canada, and Australia. Less than one day's worth of production was lost, according to JBS. Criminals were never able to access core systems, which greatly reduced the potential impact, is what the chief executive of JBS USA said, but uh, nevertheless, they did end up paying out quite a bit of money in order to... Max, guess what it was paid in? Bitcoin. Yep. Yep. Bitcoin. That's that's pretty much always That's what hackers want to be paid in. Yep. So yeah, it was $11 million in Bitcoin. Uh, what's interesting, I thought, that's not directly related to this story, but the oil company that got hacked, they were actually able to, authorities were able to recover some of the ransom that was paid. So in they got case. some of their Bitcoin. I thought money. Bitcoin's in the cloud, nobody knows. Yeah, I don't know. I, I heard it on the radio, they just said that part of the ransom was recovered. I don't know in what way. I mean, if you forget your password, you can't you access your it, Bitcoin. Yeah. So maybe they were able to lock out that, that somehow. I don't know. But at least it means the the hackers didn't get all they wanted out of that case. Maybe that'll happen in this case, too. Maybe they'll be able to recover at least part of it. With the JBS story, I was reading some interesting things on people hauling in cattle that day to... You know, to these slaughterhouses and, and getting turned away at the basically, gate. Basically, yeah, you you just drove there with a load of cattle, and they're like, "Yep, we're closed." <laughs> well, yeah, it like, didn't okay. sound like they canceled appointments or anything. They just kind of like shut their doors, and so that would be hard too. Is hope I, I don't know what JBS would do to help those people that you know the loss of revenue that way, and just the luckily it was only one day. Well, in a company like yeah. that, it's not taken. A trailer with one animal in, <laughs> right. taking a semi-load, semi-loads, I'm sure. Right. Of so cattle. What's really crazy is we have no backup. Everything is completely, there's no override from the outside. Everything is completely on the computer. Right, we have think no choice to, we can't manually just be like, all right, we're, we're counting cattle yeah. on paper today, <laughs> and it's going to yeah. suck, and we're just going to have to get through it. Nope. It's not, it's not a thing anymore. You think, like, back to Y2K we talked about, like... If someone tried to ransom something at Y2K, like, why weren't they doing it back then? Because Bitcoin's changed That's that true. It hasn't. Is yeah. having a non-traceable currency. Sure. All right. You guys ready to go into the That's Corny? Yep. For this week. That's Corny is we found out that soy bean seed cold tolerance in a December planting test did not really pan out. It doesn't have a winter hardy score? Nope. Soybeans planted in December on a Wisconsin farm largely failed to emerge this spring, but the experiment to test hardiness of the seed did yield valuable information. So Ryan Nell, who farms around 2,000 acres near Beaver Dam, seeded three acres December 10th just to see what would happen. 
how much stress the seed can handle when it comes to early planting. Uh, Nell had high hopes the extremely early plants, or at least some of them, would germinate and grow. Some germination did occur, but almost all did not grow. Not a great ending, but we dug up some seed in March and they were germinating and trying to grow, but about 99.9% didn't make it. So, not really a viable option yet. Which part... Which part about the what we learned with this? I, <laughs> I don't... I mean, it's fun to try stuff. I know we've talked about this story in the past, and he got basically free seed to do it. Right. So he really wasn't out much. But it just, the part where, where what we learned, I don't know, we learned that that doesn't work, I guess, or that you can't, or... Yeah, I mean, you you can't yet, anyway, I guess. Maybe the down the road they'll have a way of... Seed treatments become more developed. Yeah, the part I in my head I don't get is like why 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 not plant in the normal window? What's wrong with that? Like I get it, we got to get through acres, but I don't know, get a bigger planter or, or do <laughs> they can maybe germinate April first in some years, and you got a whole month, but but then you might get a June right. frost that kills them. And right. I, I yeah. Anyway, I just sometimes it's like. Thinking outside Todd, the box, like you have to be optimistic, Todd. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm just saying I don't know what it gains you. That's the part I don't. Really, I think we're that, that's that's again why he only did three acres, right? That. Correct. It was scared a trial money, thing. Scared it's, money don't make money, Todd. Not scared money. I'm saying let's try things that like, yeah, More logical that, that that probably could work. Not something that like this one got a ton of press mm-hmm. on it, yeah. you know, and that's good. I'm I, that's good. You know, we've talked about it. it's a neat neat thing and yeah thinking outside the box is good but yeah i wish you talked more about what what we did learn so i mean on the flip side uh, not this last winter but the winter before i had a farm do cover crops in that window so they planted rye in december and it didn't do spectacular but it did grow and he was able to plant, that, plant that- green into it so I mean, and that I could see it yeah. actually might being a really good. It's a cover crop, so if it does fail, so what? But if it works, great. And in that case too, your rye probably didn't get super big and made it a problem this spring. Yep, which is a good thing too. So Max is like, yeah, you're almost like bug-eyed here. Like yeah, how many fields are a problem, Max? A lot. The rye was a tough one this spring, a little bit. Yeah, no, we had some monster rye. Yeah, and, it, and I think we. Terminated plenty early, and it still was just a behemoth out there. And low rates, high rates didn't seem to matter. Well, everything this spring, just with you know the the temperature swings and yeah. your spray timing, things not dying as fast as you want them to do. Too and chemical, just in general, being less than impressive this year. I think. Yeah. So there you go. That'll do it for this week. Thanks for being here, guys. Thanks for having us, Matt. So we had our glass bottle milk challenge, and apparently, I can. Taste the difference between glass bottle white milk and Todd can taste the difference between glass bottle chocolate milk. At least that's what we're going with today. Uh, GDU update. We talked about where we are. We're well above normal and don't look to, to stop gaining GDUs anytime soon. In our egg or our spotlight, we talked about farmer led watershed groups working to help protect soil and water. Egg history minute. We talked about the history of June Dairy Month starting way back in the 1930s. And Cool Beans, that's corny. Our Cool Beans was JBS is back in action after getting hacked and suffering a ransomware attack. And that's corny was 
soybeans seeded in December did not pan out for this year. So thanks for listening, and as always, happy farming.